and welcome back to They Made Another One, where each week we study an often forgotten installment in a franchise and see how it holds up all on its own. I'm one of your hosts, Corey. I'm your other host, Liam. And October may be over, or rather, Spooktober may be over, and I promise I'm not going to do that again. But, you know, it's already been a whole week, and we only did something that is sometimes a horror movie. So we are immediately back on our bullshit and revisiting the 2000s era remake pile. And this time we are finally checking off a long awaited box because Liam, do you know what's in a couple days? Yeah, I do know. Do you want to tell me what it is? Thursday the 12th, baby. Oh, shit. Scary. That's fucked up. And you know what's after that, Corey? Saturday the 14th. I love that movie. It's my favorite. I love, I love, uh, I love Jeff Voorhees. I didn't have a good last name plan for that joke. I had no exit plan. Jason's Jason's little brother <laughs> Jeff, always living in his shadow. Yeah, uh, Jeff Voorhees is the guy in those little cartoons that people draw when it's Friday the Fourteenth and he's all sad. Yeah, you know yeah, the ones. Yeah. That's Jeff. Yeah. Jason makes Jeff take the Friday the 14th. Yeah, and he just has to like go yell at some people in like a grocery store. He really can't commit to the machete-wielding ways of his older brother, and frankly, it's unfair. Well, no one ever camps on Friday the 14th anyway. Yeah, because so he's, he's got nothing to do. Everyone's at the grocery store. Yeah, they're, they're a cursed number Friday the 14th for campers, so nobody goes. That's right, yeah. We Poor all know Jeff. that. Everybody Poor knows one that. Out. Yeah, pour one out for my man, Jeff, and pour one out for the Friday the 13th franchise, which has apparently been beaten into the ground so hard that we have not seen a new one in over a decade. Uh, We are talking about the most recent one today. We are talking about Friday the 13th from 2009. It's just Friday the 13th. It is directed by Marcus Nispel, who also did the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake and the Conan the Barbarian remake from 2003 and 2011, respectively. So this guy's been around. Mm-hmm. And and worth noting that that is not the Texas Chainsaw remake that we did. That we did on the show. Yeah, this is this is yet untapped material. This 2000s horror remake material. Yeah, this is the Texas Chainsaw remake and the Friday the 13th remake are both put out by Platinum Dunes, which was Michael Bay's production company in the 2000s. And they were just concerned for a good while there with remaking horror movies. Yeah, they did a few. They did the Amityville horror as well. Yeah, the Hitcher. Um, we could we could honestly we'll probably get to almost all of them at some point. We could do an animal month, have that vibe, an animal month equivalent, but it's like Michael Bay month. And we do a Ninja Turtles, and we do Amityville Horror, we do The Hitcher, and we do that Texas Chainsaw movie. Yeah, and what Transformers Five? Are we, we are we going to do Michael Bay Month? Do we have to do that now that I've said it out loud? There's definitely enough of them. We if we do this podcast long enough, at some point, I think it would have just ended up happening like, <laughs> like completely by to, accident. It's like it's like the monkeys <laughs> banging on the typewriters. It's just eventually, you know, we're gonna get that streak of, you know, you flip a coin. Sometimes you'll get heads ten times in a row. Sometimes it just turns up. Oops, all Michaels. <laughs> For a second, when you said uh, <laughs> the monkeys on typewriters, I thought you meant the band. Oh, yeah. It's like you get those boys on typewriters and eventually they'll write about Michael Bay movies. Well, them too. I mean, <laughs> it holds up. Um, it's also written by uh, Mark Swift and Damian Shannon, who 
rebooted Baywatch in 2017. Oh, yeah. Perhaps yeah. Oh, more man. notably, did Freddy versus Jason. I guess we could like theoretically do everything that they've been the main writers for. Freddy versus Jason is kind of a stretch, but we could. It's not that much of a it. stretch. Yeah, we could definitely do that. It's no one. more yeah. a stretch than like Alien versus Predator as a stretch. But also, yeah. it's like that's the definition of they made another one. They ran out of ideas that they started just smashing shit together. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's good stuff. This is it's it's insane that we're over yeah. a year into well, the podcast and we're now just tapping into all these different nooks too. Because this is also our first 2009 horror remake, and 2009 was huge for horror remakes. They did My Bloody Valentine. There's a uh, sorority row, the stepfather, last house on the left. So, I mean, this is this is big time. We can do 2009 starts mark. now. Yeah. 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 We spent a year warming up and we're ready to go. Also, not to be outdone, we have uh, the cinematographer, Daniel Pearl, who worked on Aliens versus Predator Requiem, if we want to keep that dream alive. Um a bajillion music videos, including Every Breath You Take by The Police. And, perhaps most notably, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. What? Yes. He's that old? Yes. Wow. And he did Mom is... and Dad in 2017, that Nick Cage movie, too. Oh, nice. Hey, can you can you see there on your little internet webpage if he also did the Marcus Nespel? Texas Chainsaw, because that would be interesting. Hey, if he also did the remake. Yeah, I'm not sure. There is some crossover. I'm double checking right now. Yes, and also the music is done by the same guy who did the music for this Friday the 13th movie. And that's also Damn. somebody else we've heard before. So you're telling me the cinematographer for the original Texas Chainsaw also did the cinematography on the remake. That appears to be correct. Wow, that is so cool. I, f- I almost feel like I need to triple check this now because it sounds so insane but yeah no oh he also did the boy (laughs) oh nice dude he's this dude has had a long and illustrious career i love it we need to do a podcast just on this guy we probably could yeah oh and uh yeah not to be outdone steve jablonski did the music who we know from a bunch of michael bay movies that i'm not gonna bother listing uh, yeah, all the ones in our future the 2003 texas chainsaw the amityville horror remake the hitcher remake and oh, the man. nightmare on elm street remake <laughs> oh dude well that's this dude is just the platinum dunes man all and these remakes means... were made by the same 20 people <laughs> yeah, yeah just that, slotting that in and out sense. fucking unbelievable and yeah, yeah of course i also had here on my list uh produced in part by michael bay I will say that I didn't know going into this that this was going to be a Michael Bay joint in a capacity, and it sent some shivers down my spine. He's not yeah, the first yeah. name I think of when I think horror, so I was a mildly concerned. Yeah, that's right. And and now that now that we've got deep enough into this conversation, and I've uh, stoked the fire in my brain a little bit, I am now, of course, recalling that we did do Nightmare on Elm Street, which mm-hmm. is another Michael Bay produced platinum. Oh, movie, is it? So. I don't even remember that he we've, produced that. Yeah, no, we've we've sort of been here before, man. So, this is wait, uh, you know what's fucked revisit. up? Then? How many how many franchises did those remakes fucking kill? Yeah, yeah, that's like, true. Amityville Horror gone, The Hitcher gone, 
Texas Chainsaw Massacre got one more, and now it's gone, but they're going to try it again. Friday the 13th fucking died. A Nightmare on Elm Street fucking died. <laughs> like, Yeah, they definitely didn't restart all these franchises they were trying to, which I think is why after Nightmare, they got away from it, and they started doing original stuff like The Purge. They did uh, Ouija. They did Quiet Place, and now Quiet Place 2. So they've, they've focused their efforts elsewhere because the mid 2000s like, stuff even though it was making money i don't think it it was uh it wasn't making any the friends they wanted to yeah it wasn't making any friends and you need friends to make franchises i also wonder like to what extent were people just tired of those franchises and to what extent did those remakes kill them and to what extent did they just realize that there's only so many things you can do with those because like the halloween reboot that's currently happening people seem to like what did they do differently oh man well i think part of it is just they waited longer you know what i mean uh because they they did h2o before that and um and then after that halloween resurrection killed it um and so i think a lot of it is just like right time right place i mean halloween had jamie lee curtis coming back john carpenter come back so you got some that gives you some gas in the tank whereas this was making movies for uh the the younger i think generation like it was more focused toward the the younger horror fans of that day as opposed to the previous fans of the franchise whereas Halloween 2018 was, I think, more focused on fans of the franchise. But it's it's tough to say. Um, sometimes stuff just sticks, you know, because I think a lot of the Platinum Dunes or remakes from that time, at least the Texas Chainsaw Massacre one, um, you know, maybe we'll get to it at some point. But I think that that's a, that's a really cool movie. And I think a lot of these... Uh, these movies that they did made bank so it's not like like people weren't seeing them and they were all flopping but it's just it, it's it's hard it's hard to say um when it comes to making a sequel out of out of something new you know a, a lot of them sort of feel like they were just supposed to be one and done um yeah like they're not necessarily wow. trying to set a franchise up because like i don't know how you take like this movie, for example, even with that stinger ending and do another, you know what I mean? Like, that's I just, right. I yeah. can't picture it. Yes. Like that's, that's a great point. And, um, I think, yeah, this movie in particular feels very much like a celebration of the Friday, the 13th franchise that isn't necessarily meant to keep going i mean you could i don't think they were closing that door and they were probably hoping that they could do more and maybe uh some studio stuff got in the way like negotiations because i know they've been trying to do more friday movies for at least the last decade and and stuff is just like legal stuff is keeping them from doing it but um just in in terms of this movie and the way it's presented it very much feels like it's uh it's a one-stop shop for friday the 13th fun because we haven't got that in a number of years you know stuff got really weird at the end of there with jason x and then we had freddy versus jason which is a unique novelty this felt like it was okay let's bring jason back see him kill some people and then 
and then that's it. You know, we'll we'll just have a good time, and that'll be that. That's how this movie feels to me. Yeah, that could be it, and I think that's something we'll we'll get into with like how they use the character. Um, but I'm not an expert. Uh, for the millionth time on this show, I'm going to tell on myself a little bit. Haven't seen a Friday the Thirteenth movie. Haven't gotten to it yet. Working on it. Uh, most of the other franchises have not let me down. I will say that Friday the 13th is probably the one I'm the least interested in on paper uh, and the least interested in like going to watch the other ones unless mm-hmm. I want to go watch like Jason takes Manhattan or some shit because I know it's kind of stupid. Uh, but I'm assuming you are a much more storied viewer of the Friday the 13th movies than I. So like, where are you at with the franchise? What are your feelings on that? Well, Friday is one of those franchises that played a lot on TV when I was a kid. I would say even more so than Nightmare and Halloween. And so I've seen a whole lot of the movies and scenes from them out of order. Um, right. I've seen I've seen the original many times front to back. That that one was just, you know, I would watch that with friends back in the day. So that so that one I know well as its own movie. Um same goes for Friday the 14th part four, which is a really popular. You just said one. Friday the 14th part four. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what I meant to say was uh, Friday the 12th part four. Of course. Um, that one uh, is, is really highly regarded among fans of the franchise. It has Corey Feldman in it, and it was branded as the final chapter. Um, and it super it. wasn't because there's like yeah. 12 of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that one I am I'm legitimately a big fan of. And then Freddy versus Jason I knew well because that came out when I was a kid. Um, and so I got to that one a number of times. Uh, same with this movie. This came out 2009, right around the time that I was old enough to uh, be able to keep track of movies that were coming out. You know, it wasn't just stuff that showed up on TV or something. It was... Uh, um, when something was new, I would get excited about it and I would right. try to check it out as quick as possible. So actually, a lot of these 2009 horror movies feel like they're the kind of stuff that I that I cut my teeth on. Um, and so I have a lot of experiences with, with that stuff that would have been around the time I was uh, 11 years old, 12 years old or so. And so I was really familiar um, with this movie. Um but once you get deep into the franchise, you know, Friday has what, including Freddy versus Jason and this, I think like 12 movies or something. It's something so, like that. Yeah. So there's just, there's so much. And so I've, I haven't done the sit down, watch everything front to back. Okay. Um, yeah. I do. I, I just recently bought the first eight movies. And so I'm going to sit down and, and plow through those. Um, really soon here uh you know this movie really got me in the mood but and and i'm sure through watching that front to back i'm gonna realize oh i've seen this movie oh i've seen half of this movie but right. it's, it's there's so there's so much to it that um i i definitely uh there's there's pr- still so much of it that i don't know um and that i'm that i'm excited to see so i'm very familiar with the key concepts i I wasn't surprised by the opening of this movie. I'll be ex- interested to hear what you have to say about that because that ties into the first movie directly. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with the origins of Jason that are so often 
uh, brought up and I'm familiar with a lot of the kills that are being referenced here, but I'm still, I'm no expert. I'm just disappointed that sleeping bag didn't get smashed against the tree. That's right. Because yeah, that is an all-timer. One, eh? That's such a fucking hilarious clip. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was like YouTube 2007 life for me. My friends yeah, and I would that just clip watch is that so, and the, that J- kill and the is Jason so good. X kill. The Jason X one. The freezer one is that? Head. Yeah. That's good stuff. I'm curious to see what you mean about the opening, because I don't even know specifically what you mean, so that's exciting. Um, quick rundown of the movie. We've got a group of teens camping, and they're looking for weed, and that's pretty cool. <laughs> and so they find a place to hang out. They discover that they're near Camp Crystal Lake. A guy tells a spooky story about Jason Two of the characters, one of whom is Whitney, who is the only important one, so she's the only one getting a name, uh, go poking around in a house that appears to be Jason's house, and Jason discovers that they're in his area, and a bunch of people get fucking murdered in pretty gruesome ways at times, and... And that's the first 20 minutes of the movie. And then there is a late title card. The fucking audacity of this movie to drop a title card like 22 minutes in broke my brain completely uh, in half. Yeah. Keep, go- keep going with the plot, but we need to dwell on that. I need to hear um, what you have to say all that once we get there. Keep and, going with that. And so then we flash to six weeks later, I think. You're right. Yeah. Um, And we've got a different group of fucking slasher movie teens. Um, and we've also got guy from supernatural and he's looking for his sister who, uh, went missing. The cops appear to be no use. This group of teens is going to hang out at like their rich friend's house. And really quick, I need to get a drop in here with their rich friend, toxic masculinity. But, uh, so there's a group of, uh, slasher teens hanging out in a house near camp crystal lake. And uh, we've got Clay who was looking for his sister and Jason figures that out again because they're sort of nearby and then Jason goes a hunting and they got to try to get the sister. I guess that's what they're doing. Uh, Liam, Mm -hmm. we've watched a lot of these horror remakes. A good amount. yeah. Yeah, we've seen a We've seen a good amount. Maybe not a lot, but you know, we've, we've got our experience and, um, this movie immediately feels like every single one of those. Oh, shit. And uh, it sounds like, okay, I'm maybe about to say something surprising, but uh, holy shit, I did not like this movie. In fact, Corey hates it. So uh, that's, our, that's my starting point. I didn't think I was saying something controversial, but... Uh, in hindsight, that opening 20 minutes is so much better than I initially thought it was while watching it compared to the rest of the movie. Because, mm. uh, what, I don't even know, like, what's it like when a movie, like, makes less than an impression? Like, it's just nothing. Like, I got nothing out of this, man. And I'm, like, bummed out because I kind of wanted to, like, I felt like the opening had a couple interesting ideas in it. It was trying a lot of stuff out. Um, and, and this is your first Friday movie, right? So, like, this is for for it to be a nothing experience. A yeah, and nothing. I think part of that is due to like how like Jason Voorhees' reputation in pop culture is. Maybe I just had some expectations too. Um, but yeah, man, 
I could not have cared less about this movie. Um, but yeah, before we get into the opening, because I think that's where a lot of the discussion is going to lie, may as well just get right in here. What did you think about it? Had you, well, had you seen it before? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I saw it right around the time it came out, 09. I have a very vivid memory of watching this on my friend's PSP, actually. Oh, my uh, God. This sleepover, and I guess he had this downloaded you, or something. You shared it, a PSP to watch it? No, no, I just used it. I okay. watched it. He was probably, like, playing Tony Hawk or something. Right. Um, and I don't think I finished it, actually, because the 20-minute opening put me off so much. Like, I think I, I was invested in the opening, um, and then once the title card hit and I realized I wasn't even watching like the proper movie yet, I, I know. just, uh, yeah, I, was, I just like rejected it, you know, and I probably joined my friend to play Tony Hawk. So that was my, my first experience with this movie was thinking what a weirdly structured yeah, movie. I've never I'll, seen anything like this before. I'll, really quick. What a really bad fucking idea in well, my opinion. Uh, let me let me finish talking about uh, okay. my experience yeah, because yeah. You know, I don't want to get too far ahead. Um, and then uh, I watched it at least most recently. Um, there might have been a time in between that time and this time, but I've most certainly seen it uh, just a year ago. Um, Brianna and I were hanging out, and she loves Supernatural, the TV show. Right, um, a lot of people do. Yeah, yeah, and I am now one of those people. But at this point, I I hadn't seen uh, any Supernatural, um, but I knew she liked it. And so I said, hey, uh, actually, the two dudes who are in Supernatural, one of them was in the Friday the 13th remake, and then the other one was in the My Bloody Valentine remake. Oh my god, no fucking way. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, dude. Oh, totally. And they both came out the same year, 09, which is amazing to me. I've looked up interviews to see like if these two dudes, cause I know they're actually close friends to see if they like had a bet in the year 2008 was the writer's strike year. So I'm wondering oh, if they okay. like had a bet to be like, yo, let's both see who can be in like the best. Yeah. Oh dude, remake. you know what? Yeah. Does 2009 have that many remakes because of the fucking writer's strike? Yeah, maybe, maybe <laughs> it's very possible. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we, we watched um, Friday the 13th because she likes the Supernatural guy. Um, and so I, I've seen it about a year ago, and this was uh, my first time seeing it since then. But it was all still pretty fresh in my brain. And the big thing that changed between last year and this year was uh, that I, I've watched a lot of Supernatural. So I'm much more familiar with uh, our boy our Jerry Padalecki. Yeah. yeah. Uh, really quick. Uh, yeah. Uh, I should read the rest of the cast. I didn't do that yet. Um, because there's a couple things I want to point out. Uh, so we've got Jared Padalecki, who is Supernatural guy. Danielle Panabaker, who was in Sky High. Feels important to point out. Amanda Rigetti, Travis Van Winkle, Aaron Yu, Derek Mears as Jason. Um, Juliana Gill, Arlen Escarpeta, and then uh, Ryan Hansen, Willa Ford, Jonathan Sadowski, Ben Feldman, who was in Cloverfield, and um, Nick Menel, who you will know from the Rob Zombie Halloween movie, or the first one of those, and then America Olivo, Kyle Davis, Richard Berge, 
Nana Visitor, Kathleen Garrett, and Stephanie Rhodes. Between those viewings, did your impression of that cold, not cold open, but late title card change? Uh, my impression of it didn't change between PSP viewing and last year's viewing because I didn't think about the movie all that much. Right. Um, but I'll tell you, dude, in terms of seeing the movie a year ago and seeing it now, not much changed because I'm pretty confident in that I really like this movie and I really, really like the cold open. I think it is so cool. I I, I was uh, surprised by it again last year because I was like, oh man, I remembered this correctly. It is in fact 20 minutes of another group of kids and then we, and then we get to the main kids. But uh, actually sitting down and watching the whole movie through, I really liked the idea and um and watching it this time around i was the same thing i was just like man this still really works for me i i love that i also really like the idea uh can't say as much for the execution of the idea i think in part because compared to the second part of the movie i would rather see more of the people from the first part of the movie uh, so yeah, to have gotten that and then it gets taken away in favor of something that is definitely worse, that's kind of frustrating. Yeah, I understand that. That It is totally a gamble because everyone that you have in that first group could very much, they, they feel like main main characters or at least they you know, feel a group, more an like ensemble. main characters than our main characters do. <laughs> Yeah, and so I would be interested to know how the casting was chosen there. Like, why is this group at the beginning and the other group is is in the middle and at the end? Because, yeah, I was really impressed this time that I think they're actually the reason that the cold open kind of takes me off guard and surprises me is that those characters in the first 20 minutes don't feel like they're going to get killed off at that quickly it, it kind of it it feels very much like that scream psycho thing where you have your main characters and and they get killed off before you think it's going to happen and you're surprised because you think they're going to be your main characters yeah. it feels like that because their performances like are proper horror movie stuff and they're kind of likable and dumb and charming and and then they get got so quickly so you know what's funny uh, it's funny i'm really impressed that. by that because uh, on the Wikipedia page, it says they were actively trying to make a movie that was not like Scream or those referential movies. <laughs> and it sounds like they failed, at least in part, because they did exactly that enough that you <laughs> referenced it. Well, I don't know. It's it's not like Scream in well, any other yeah, way. It's, I know. it's not a referential but, movie. Well, I know, but it's funny that you bring that up because it's like the one thing they named dropped as we're not trying to do this. Yeah, that is, um, that's kind of funny. The note that I took when that happened was oh my god fuck you how dare you late title card fuck you you dumb piece of shit i have to deal with all new teens wow dude <laughs> um, i was really fucking annoyed by this um, wow and again i think it's a really interesting idea and i think the the opening 20 minutes was growing on me a little bit i actually kind of liked how quickly it was moving like and how quickly people were just getting killed and i was picturing a version of the movie where there's immediately only like two or three people left and i don't know they just get like hunted by jason for the rest of the movie and they spend a lot of time sort of like 
planning and strategizing and trying to just like stay in the clear and i was like oh that's that feels like a fun way to distance it a bit from like the bunch of kids in a camp thing and i thought that it would be a good opportunity to slow it down and then get some exposition in in some more organic ways because you're just putting people immediately into really high pressure situations so if they were going to do that as the setup i would have liked them to see it through but the reason for that is because the last hour of this movie is fucking insufferable but um, but you were pissed at the title card yes. and having to deal with new teens before you knew that the new teens would suck yes you're right and then in hindsight the opening got way better wow uh, okay. because at I first you. i did not like the teens in the opening i thought they were really mm. annoying um there's also a note on the wikipedia where they're like we want to have them sound and act like real people and i'm like well You've missed the mark slightly. I think I agree with you in that they feel like horror movie characters for sure. Um, they don't feel like real people. But yeah, in hindsight, I would have liked to see where the movie was going had it been the movie the opening was telling me it was. Because there is at no point are you given enough information, frankly, about any of the other people to care at all about what's happening so there's just like the usual stupid horror movie shit drive up to a big house in the woods and people die after doing fucking shenanigans that we've seen a thousand times except like you barely know who anybody is i couldn't figure out who anybody's name was without googling it later um you're not given any insight into who anybody is or what they're like um everybody feels like a blank slate where just nothing is happening so the last half loses any like real punch it could pack because it's like who fucking cares about this there's a couple scenes that i do like and um i have some questions about how jason usually is versus how jason is here just because i genuinely don't know but for me like it was such like a non-entity that i just couldn't be bothered to care by the by the time we were like 10 minutes in with the new group of people wow i get you yeah that that all makes sense man i i feel it i can see why somebody would like it too it's just it's annoying to me is the problem (laughs) it's doing stuff a lot of horror movies do and that horror movies that I like have done, but there's just nothing to it. Cause you, there's, you're not given a lot of reason to like invest yourself in it. I think horror movies work the best when you're invested in the actual plight of the characters on screen. And I just couldn't be bothered. I felt bad for Chewy, the guy who gets killed in the tool shed. Oh yeah. That was, I that felt was bad for him one. cause he's funny. That's about it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I agree with you that the way these characters are sketched um, doesn't give you a whole lot of room to uh, empathize. There's not a whole lot of depth to them. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I think maybe the cold open is really works for me and then the rest works for me because the cold open like shows the blueprint that this is 
Jason's movie that we're going to have some teens here. And like most horror movies have a cold open where you get one person killed off. This movie is going to have four. five people. Four. get Yeah, four people. Yeah, four or five people get killed off in your in your first 20 minutes. And so then you're going to get another group of people. By this point, there's only an hour left. So I'm not I'm not really expecting to be able to uh, get a handle on these people. I just kind of need to know that they're together. They're at this setting. Jason's going to come get them. And uh, I didn't, fortunately for me, I didn't find any of the performances bad. Um, I didn't find any of them. Good for you, man. Uh, yeah, I didn't find <laughs> any of them like grading on me. You know, like you obviously you have dicks like Trent is obviously a huge the dick, but I worst. thought, but I th I thought he was like a, a funny dick, and I was ready to see him get got because he's being a dick. And so all these people, even though I didn't care about them as characters, I just I enjoyed having them on screen, knowing that they were going to end up getting into some shit. And right. <laughs> I'm sure also having Jared Padalecki as Clay helped me because that's a familiar face to me now. And so uh, having him on screen is just kind of a bonus, even though he is well, there's not a lot. There's not really anything to his character. We just know that he's missing his sister. He, he wants to find a sister. But other than that, he's a very passive character. There's not there's really not anything to him. He's just bopping around and eventually Jason's going to come. And so for me, this movie functions very much. It's a very safe movie, even though the cold open and like the structure is weird in that sense. Besides that, I think it's a very safe movie that we're just we're going to get some teens together some college age kids together we're gonna have jason come he's gonna do like a greatest hit sequence where we're just gonna get a bunch of different kills some of which are referencing other movies we're gonna get a bit of added jason lore that uh gives things a bit a more of a a complexity and something that we haven't seen in friday movies before but besides that this like i said earlier this doesn't feel like it's trying to be a like a big um stepping stone for a further franchise it doesn't feel like it is trying to like put uh the cult of thorn into a beloved <laughs> franchise you know to, to take a page out of the halloween book it actually maybe having just seen halloween 5 or halloween 6 rather is helping me out here because i i'm i was really a fan of how just kind of unassuming and simple this movie is it's just like seeing an old friend jason and uh <laughs> getting some getting some people together and seeing them get got and i I, I had fun with that, really. Yeah, I can see the appeal of that. For me, it's like it feels like it's not even trying to be a movie. Like I don't know how somebody who doesn't have an affection for the franchise sits down and watches this and gets anything out of it at all. Um, because for me, like I got, I at least care a little bit, even to care about the kills that we're getting, or like any sort of attempt at like a big climactic thing. Like <laughs> there's got to be something going on beyond just they're here to get killed um like if you look at the original like nightmare on elm street because i can't reference the original friday the 13th and i'm pretty sure it's the mom killing in that movie anyway 
if I've got that yeah. right. Yeah. I, I want to talk about that, but yeah, you're yeah. right. Um, part of the reason that works is because, oh my God, you care about Nancy a lot and you want Nancy to be all right. So it's like, oh no, I hope that Freddie doesn't get Nancy because that would be bad. Um, but if you're, it's like, I don't care if fucking Trent dies or, uh, uh, Jenna, I guess, or Bree. I genuinely had to look at my list of names. I don't know who anybody is. I have no idea who anybody is. I don't, yeah, like, well, just no fucking idea. And I don't mean, like, well, what their personality is like. It's like, I can't assign names to people. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, you said a lot of interesting stuff there. Um, for one, uh, you said that, um, as someone who like doesn't know the franchise, you know, this might not be for you and, and you need stuff in there to connect to. But my thought after watching this was, man, this seems like such a good gateway, such an accessible, uh, like, like I said, a greatest hits package, a distilling of all Friday the 13th uh, is at its core into one thing that this feels like it it is for like, mid 2000s fans of horror that are just like getting their footing maybe haven't seen that stuff from the 80s um because i think for fans of the franchise they've probably like deep fans of the franchise i'm not including myself in in this pack i i'd say i'm much closer to you actually even though i've seen a couple of the movies um i think this probably has a lot of stuff that people who have seen all the movies have seen before these types of kills, this type of Jason, you know, uh, normally he's a, he's a big lumbering guy and he's not so vicious and a lot of times not so human. Like he's very human in this movie, but even, even then I think you've still seen this sort of Jason in, in other movies before. He's very Um, like nimble. Like he's very agile. And I'm like, yeah, is he, I had I have a note that's just like is he always like this? Like <laughs> No, no, definitely not. This is this is not the normal Jason and uh I'm sure he's he, there are times when he's like this in um I think particularly some of those early Friday films like uh before Kane Hodder came in late into the franchise um like when he was Burlap Sackman in number 2 uh, right. cuz he do- he actually doesn't get the hockey mask until number 3 I didn't and know so, that until about an hour ago <laughs> Yeah and so uh um there's there's a whole lot of like different versions of jason and different ways to tell the friday story that this is pulling from and so i think it it packages it all up into a neat little thing that really just i think it's more of a a slasher fan movie than it is a friday fan movie because honestly i think i think deep like i said deep friday fans are gonna feel like they've seen this stuff before and then the stuff that is a bit extra like um the tunnels that jason uses that's new to the franchise i think a lot of people might feel kind of betrayed by that like that's your um black christmas 2006 flashbacks like it's stuff we it it feels a bit like that well that and like as an example it's like so they show him getting the mask which i happens in part three yeah okay but like why are we seeing it here like it feel it felt really like shoehorned in it's like there's there's no need to elaborate on this history in this way like it just feels like just give him the mask or don't but we don't need to see him get it i i just i didn't understand why 
they were including stuff like that, it does seem to be so referential and so preoccupied with like a greatest hits type thing where it's like, couldn't you skip that part? Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to like articulate the point I'm trying to make, but it just felt weird. It's, that's a good question. I think, um, you know, if we're, so this movie is sort of, uh, it's, it's interesting. It's like a remake. Re, it, it's sort of the Halloween 2018 where like it's it's eschewing all the sequels we got because this Jason hasn't been to space and he hasn't been to hell. And but it and also has never been of, to New York. But it also sort of seems to retcon a little bit the ending of the first movie because is that what the at, opening of this movie is? The opening of this movie is the ending of the first okay. movie. Yep. Um, but this movie changes it a bit because it says that Jason, as a kid, saw his own mother get decapitated. Which yeah, I didn't understand from... that. I didn't like because the whole point that she's upset about is that he died. So how did? Yeah. So I guess <laughs> so the, the I guess fuck? they're just I guess they're just saying that. Oh, I guess she spoke too soon. He wasn't <laughs> actually dead. He didn't pull um, that lady out of that canoe yet. Was that him? I don't know. Yeah, that that was him. Yeah, that was him. So yeah, they're saying that that didn't happen. I guess they're saying that Pamela didn't realize that Jason wasn't actually dead. And so um, because all this stuff that happens in the sequels hasn't actually happened to this Jason and this movie is um, kind of is able to pick and choose whatever it wants to put into this movie. Um, I think one of the things they chose that would be cool would be, oh man, we should do the burlap sack thing for a while because that's uh, that's kind of a interesting part of the Jason legacy that a lot of people don't think about because the mask has become so iconic. And so I think it's it is um, it makes the cold open feel more distinct as well because that's. Um, sort of a different jason than we get in right. the rest of the movie because in the opening he has the burlap sack and he's particularly vicious and quick moving in that opening he's just going from person it's to animalistic person, for sure yeah yeah and and you that's where you like see him running for the first time was when he puts the machete into uh richie's head yeah and, and yeah you see like that's when you see those nimble sort of is he not typically a runner is he more like the one who's just like he exists at a constant walking pace but somehow he catches up with you yeah yeah (laughs) and so so uh that that is part of the reason i think the cold open is so badass and i think the the burlap sack helps just because it's like it's a really cool image um it's it it makes him feel a bit more human um, you're right that when he finds the mask, it doesn't really explain like why he would want to. It's just a thing he finds, and he's like, "Sure, um, yeah." And that whatever. Maybe that's all it needs to be because you know if they tried to do any more than that, it might be uh, the Black Christmas 2006 thing where it's like, "Yo, we didn't need to know that Jason was a Blue Jays fan, and that's why he wears the uh, the mask." You know what I mean? <laughs> Blue Jays is baseball. Yeah, he was a Leafs fan. <laughs> Yeah. Um, And one other thing before we get too far away that you mentioned that I want to bring up is that you said Nightmare on Elm Street is a movie where you get attached to Nancy. And so that's why you're able to to then get attached to Freddy and get attached to the action. And um, I should just say that Friday the 13th, there 
from everything I've seen and everything that I have heard about what I haven't seen, there is no Nightmare on Elm Street like movie in the Friday franchise. Okay. Friday the 13th kind of a, a big part of the draw, I think, is that it is very episodic. You don't have a final girl that is held up above all the rest um, that is sort of... Um, that becomes an icon of the franchise. You get new characters every single movie. And so fans of the franchise are likely to have some of their favorite characters that they get attached to in that movie. But Friday is unique in the sense that it doesn't have you get attached to a character that it then uses in other movies. You know what I mean? Like right. each movie, it's only how much there's no dream in. warriors. Yeah, there's no there is no dream warriors and so a lot of it is just it's the Jason power hour and so you're watching it because Jason's going to hack up some people. So it is in that way I think it is above all the other slasher franchises. It's like the ultimate slasher franchise where they were just able to make so many installments that are just like kind of low budget um not a lot goes into them uh but then they just were able to keep doing it because people people kept coming back to see jason and so um i'll be interested to know what you think once you see the original and maybe if you get into any other of the friday movies but my theory is that the friday movies are very different franchises than those other ones we've mentioned a lot of it is just you're seeing jason kill people and he's an icon yeah and i think that's that on paper that that makes me like makes me assume it's the one i will have the least interest in because like part of the draw to like nightmare on elm street or even like not a similar movie but carrie or like texas chainsaw for me is like getting invested <laughs> so if there's not a ton of getting invested to do um i i'm not sure about that i will say though i paradoxically i think that's what makes the opening the most interesting part of the movie one of my notes does say to the movie's credit how dare they devolve this into a standard fucking plot because mm. on paper i'll freely admit great fucking idea like the movie starts you get the setup but it skips all the fucking foreplay and it's like we're here he's dangerous they're hurt. And then if the movie... I'm picturing the version of the movie that is just figure it out from here. And you're just with those three, two or three. I keep... For, well, I guess a uh, boyfriend got pulled into a hole, didn't he? So two. Um, but uh, that sounds interesting. Like to sort of strip back the slasher thing structurally was a cool idea. But the structural choice that they made was just to condense that experience before moving on to the quote-unquote regular thing. Whereas I think the more compelling idea and the thing that gives us room to get invested in Whitney, and I guess Richie was still alive until he got a machete to the head, um, would have been to keep one or two people alive from that opening and then just keep going. Like, make this one night. Like, fuck it. Who cares? Try something like that. I think that could have been really cool. Um... It sounds like there's precedent for the franchise not really doing that kind of thing, so I'm not going to fault it too much, but I think 
it's a missed opportunity for what is a good idea, even if I found those characters annoying. And there is some funny stuff to be had with both groups of them. Uh, although I think Aaron Yu is probably the most interesting because he's the he's the most charming and human feeling. But even by that point, it's like there's only so much the movie can do to win me back. Um, so I think I would have liked to just see their ideas handled in a different way because what it leads to is not something I care about. Yeah, I get you. And and for me, um, that that is a really cool idea, but it would just be such a different movie. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And so with with this one, it feels like I'm having my cake and eating it too. And I like that. I like that there's the slasher movie condensed and then we actually get just another slasher movie a bit more standard after that. I I was into that, but I I, I understand what you're saying and um that that would be a cool movie as well for sure. Um can we talk a bit about the the I guess the first cold opening and just uh, Yeah, cuz I don't I don't really know what's stuff. up with that, so hit me. Yeah, so uh what that is to me is it's just it's showing you the end of the first movie and orienting you saying that, okay, in, in this universe, Jason's mom still did the killing. The first movie still happened. And now we're going to have, uh, have it be 20, 30 years later, whatever it is. And now Jason's going to be killing people. So it was just, that was like a really, that was a shorthand of, setting up the universe we're in and it made sense to me because i've seen the first movie but i was wondering how that was coming across to you because it was my impression from talking to you uh i think in in the last few months or something when we when we talked about doing a friday the 13th movie and you had mentioned that you had in that was one of the big franchises that you have yet to get to because you've made it to nightmare and you've made it to hellraiser and texas chainsaw but you haven't done friday yet and you said something that made me think you didn't know that in the first movie jason isn't in it and the killer so i'm i'm interested to know if that is the case and if so how all this stuff at the beginning came across to you um to be honest i didn't think about it the rest of the movie um i knew it was playing on the end of the first movie like i have a bit of an awareness of the first movie uh and i knew like that's what the twist was was that it was the mom and stuff like that but oh so so you knew that jason wasn't in the first one killing people yeah i found that out just through like happenstance like a couple of years ago um so i knew it was doing that i i guess you know (laughs) again it's like I understand why they put it there, but also like I wouldn't have because I feel like it's just another thing to try to like keep up with. And if they're already doing the uh, the 20 minute opening thing, then this is just like another layer to that that feels a bit unnecessary. I feel like there was a second part to your question that I forgot. Uh, it was uh, it was like, did you understand what was happening there? Oh, um, yeah. Well, like I, I think I was picking up on that it was the end of the first movie, more or less. Um, and that they were setting up some lore with the fact that Jason saw it. But uh, okay, I, it didn't factor in as I watched the rest of the movie. Like, it it just sort of went away from my brain after that. 
Fair. Yeah. And I think it, it, it serves to make the, the, the first 20 minutes even more confusing because a lot, uh, a lot more confusing. Cause what is this movie going to have like two quick openings? What's going on here? So at what point d- did you realize <laughs> that, uh, the, the first 20 minutes was just the first 20 minutes and we were going to get new teens was it the title, the title card, card. Hit? the title card so so I, before I that happened we had faith in this movie that it was going to commit to this idea got you yeah okay that makes sense that makes sense cool so yeah, the title card hit and i literally out loud went like oh my god like i was like are you fucking kidding me and then from there you knew hey the title card was like okay that's yeah that's i was like point. it had to be it yeah um yeah. and then obviously it cuts to like new teens but like uh really quick there is stuff to enjoy in that opening uh two things that yeah. i want to that i want to point out are when whitney gets back to camp and there's like the sleeping bag already burning and richie stuck in a bear trap and then as she tries to help richie just gets his head split in half oh yeah pretty so fucking gnarly. brutal and and like we said dude the way that jason he kind of does like this quick little sidestep in order to get more speed and run toward richie you know he's he's very nimble like you said and that's that's the first indication that oh shit in this movie like he's just a vicious human he's not going to be lurking in the in the forest and then lumbering toward you like he is going hard this the cold open is just so vicious man yeah well and to that point when they're looking around i guess his house um whitney and boyfriend i i don't remember his name and honestly i don't care but um when he starts reaching up through the floor and like stabbing through the floor from like below them that's fucking great that's a great idea like executed really well like credit where it's due yeah yeah and then that's your first indication that he's tunneling like the tunnel thing and that he's fucking smart like yeah, yeah, because you're right. A lot of times, lumbering kind of equates to like uh, big oaf sort of kind of thing. Big oafy and dummy, sort of like Leatherface style. You know, I, I don't know if you'd ever see Leatherface stabbing up through uh, the floorboards like that, unless it was a, a remake done by Michael Bay. Then maybe it would happen. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think the intro uh, really blows me away because in that 20 minutes, you get so many different cool kill sequences and you get jason up close and personal really fast you don't it's it's not a slow burn at all like when um i think his name is donnie when he finds the weed and he's like oh yeah man weed bro and then he turns around and sees jason and uh he starts screaming the first thing he does is he screams what the fuck and that felt super real to me like he seemed so scared but also like confused i thought that was great and then (laughs) and then you just get jason annihilating him so like the first actual scare of the movie isn't fake at all and you normally you often don't get that in a horror movie. You're going to get some sort of, you know, fake out some sort of build and then release before the actual thing happens. Somebody's throwing a cat on screen. Yeah. Yeah. But the fact that this movie, it's, it's Jason right away. And then after he kills that first person, um, then you might think, okay, that was our first, cold open kill like horror movies do and, and then title we'll card. chill for a bit yeah but then no then we get 10 minutes of more killing and more cool 
uh, kill sequences. Yeah, like you said, stabbing up through the floor, the sleeping bag thing, which is a cool twist on, of course, the iconic sleeping bag bash against the tree. <laughs> this is this is like even more brutal, and it's like well, maybe not more brutal, but it's it's a bit more calculated, which is scary. Um, yeah, and it's, it's a weird way to go stab. about that when he's already holding a big knife. Yeah. What if I kept her in the sleeping bag and rigged it up above the fire? Yeah, so the 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 first 20 minutes to me is kind of just like a it again, I would honestly compare it to Scream in that it's just like a master class of just a it's like a horror short it's film so at the beginning of your movie. <laughs> and and like you I, I i like the characters in this first 20 minutes more than the characters that come later i'm with you leaps and um, bounds like i'm gonna put my foot down like these at least feel like human people <laughs> like, yes yeah so like you have ronnie the the dude who first gets killed and i hope that's not the wrong name donnie but he's the, he's you were the, right it's donnie, donnie. Yeah, Donnie, he's got the glasses and he's he's the one that's like kind of the odd man out. He he's doesn't the have a friend. Yeah, he doesn't have a girlfriend, but he's also like um really talkative and uh um just like silly and that felt so real to me like where you know it, it's just that friend that's like he's with you and he's like he's like kind of annoying but he's uh he's just like charming to have around and so when he's just like talking on and on and on <laughs> about um the jason story and then he goes and he's talking about whatever the heck while richie is not listening at all and he's just doing obnoxious sexual gestures to his girlfriend i thought that was so hilarious i i loved that stuff yeah i i think in hindsight there is stuff to like in the opening and i agree uh, when the opening first started i actually just found it kind of annoying but as we got the rest of the movie, I think I kind of turned on it a little bit, uh, turned positively on it. Um, cause like I can, I can barely think of anything from the second half of the movie the or the second part of the movie that is like the least bit memorable to me. There's like two things, but there's no like character things. Like there's no lines or there's no like, interactions that like really really stick out um there's some stuff that i thought was kind of weird yeah i, I like, have a lot of those too and that stuff ends up being memorable to me um i'll admit it there was scenes that i started clicking through because i was fucking sick of them uh because i didn't oh, yeah? like hearing these people talk uh and it was just annoying like i completely skipped when she invites supernatural inside and Trent gets all pissy. I was just like, I'm not listening to this. <laughs> like, cause I know, oh, I know where it's going. I know what it means. I just could not be fucking bothered. Oh, okay. I, uh, <laughs> that scene in particular, I really liked that one because <laughs> Trent, like, uh, Donnie felt very realistic to me as like someone who, uh, is just like always posturing and, um, uh, talking a big game, but, he actually doesn't have much to back it up like he he felt like a real douchebag to me um and then that's, <laughs> maybe that's that why i didn't want to hear him talk yeah it was too real <laughs> uh and then and then that stuff becomes like even more funny and uh, uh memorable to me when you get 
uh, Trent being upset that they're like messing up his house. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, and he's uh he's telling them to like clean up and take it outside and stuff. It's just that's oak stained wood or whatever the fuck. I don't know. Yeah. This is yeah. I thought I thought that that actor was was doing the best with what he had. I think he's he he played a super good douchebag. Um. I thought I thought he was so so funny. And then um where he really shines is a prolonged sex scene. I did skip when... that. I'm sorry. That's why I was not laughing at your jokes. Oh, I do. Dude. I just I like it started and they started talking. I was like, I'm done. I'm not listening to this. Oh, Corey. <laughs> because the mo- oh, no. But the movie had lost me. The movie had lost me like 40 minutes ago. Damn. Like and it was ju- I was just annoyed. Like I was. That was it. There was no getting me back at that point. Well, I will tell the listeners who uh, who have seen the movie all the way through. You guys, there are some amazing lines in that sequence. <laughs> Trent is absolutely killing it. Like that stuff is so ridiculous. I don't know if that was improv or what, but uh, really, really good stuff. That he's he's doing stuff in that scene that um, is the sort of small things that make a slasher movie memorable to me because I I love slasher movies and. Um, a lot of times it turns out that you kind of got to dig in order to find stuff that that makes characters stick in your brain because a lot of them aren't Nancy's from Nightmare on Elm Street. And so you got to find the little things. And uh, and 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 that's this movie has has a few of those. Another one is when we've got Lawrence and he's, he's just like hanging out in the house after uh, Clay and... Uh, and what's her name? Whitney? Or no, Whitney's Whitney the sister. The sister. Yeah, that's Jenna? right. Uh, Jenna, yeah. Clay and Jenna step out of the house, and then Lawrence is like, oh man, better take this time to jerk off. In the <laughs> living room. Like, what the fuck? Nobody does In the that. living room. And he notices the deer head, and he like kind of turns away from it. Like, that's just I, so I did write, silly. I and... did write down um, earlier in the movie, but the joke still applies. Uh... I wrote this down when that guy with the wood chipper gets killed because he was being too oh. horny. I wrote no porno mags in Jason country, which yeah. continues to be true when all he can find is like a winter Sears catalog. Yes, I I loved that, too. OK, I'll say one. I have, I don't understand it at all, because if this dude has lived near Jason's property all this time, why is Jason just killing him now? Like, I guess. You've got to get to it at some well, point. Well, the, the film that, crew was there. That's that's right. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> is that like, because uh, I've thought this question before for in movies. It's like, why is this happening now and not earlier? And it's just like, well, it's got to happen at some point. And so this is the point it's happening. And that's why there's a movie. So, you know, I guess Jason's got to get to him at some point. It's funny that it's happening at the same time as all these other kills. But uh, um that notwithstanding the fact that this dude is like jerking off to the Sears catalog and then he goes upstairs and he finds this mannequin <laughs> and he's <laughs> and he's like talking to it uh, as if oh, well that guy had a real porno mag that was not Sears oh, mannequin okay, guy okay. had just like a real one yes yeah yeah um th- that's the guy I'm talking about I'm yeah, sorry it is okay. um but yeah he's talking to the porno mag and then he goes up to the mannequin and he's He's just like talking to it in these really strange ways. Like, like that it's, it's been just... a while. Like he periodically comes up there and hadn't yeah. for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like... Like... 
it's just that's the sort of thing that's like it's so weird and uh and um obscene and it just kind of sticks in my brain and uh i like when slasher movies have have stuff like that especially in a big budget slasher movie that is like um most of the characters are going to be college aged kids that are just like bopping around and and then die so to have trent say some of the lines he says and then have this guy saying this weird stuff to this mannequin before getting got it does make me think of these movies from the 80s that have really strange little bits in them and it just makes me think like how did this happen? Like, did someone write this right. on the page? And or why like, is this? Were they on set and somebody was like, it would be funny if, and then you just yeah. like, toss it in there. And yeah. And I'm just like, why is this in the movie? And that stuff is in a lot of eighties movies. And it's the sort of thing that like becomes really quotable and, and fans of the franchise, like come back it's, to it and mention it's some it. real party man shit. <laughs> Yes, it is. It is. <laughs> and so whenever I see party man shit in a modern movie, I know this is now 11 years old, so not that modern, but you know, like from from post 80s, from the time I was a kid, you know, it's like um it it feels like that stuff doesn't come around all that often. And so when it does happen, it it gets me stoked. And so little things like that make this movie feel very dear to me. I got to say. Yeah, no, and I understand that. Um, I think it's just very easy for a movie to lose me. So even if there's like some kind of funny stuff in it later, like if I'm out, I'm out. Um, and it lost me pretty quick. And at that point, it's just it's just tough to get me back. Um, I will say too, uh, there's not really anything going on visually that's bringing me back either. It looks like a lot of movies looked like then. I didn't find that there was a ton of like super distinct qualities about it visually. So there wasn't a ton of like additional stuff to latch onto. Uh, some of it's pretty grimy, um, but I feel like post saw a lot of things got pretty fucking grimy for a while. That's right. And, and I think it is the director's style as well. That remake mm-hmm. of Texas Chainsaw he did is very grimy, not in the way that the original Texaw Texaw. I'll take Texas it. That's Chica. a good. That's it's... a good way to uh, <laughs> yeah. make it succinct. We got we got places to be. All right, Texaw. I don't got time for the full thing. Um, Texaw mass. That like the original Texas Chainsaw is like bathed in sweat and yeah. sun, and it's whereas cooking. Yeah, the remake. Uh, I think I, I've seen someone describe it as like rust water. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's fucking. That's rough. what the remake is, and and this is similar to that. It's not um as gross as the texas chainsaw one and you get like a bit more daylight in it but once nightfall hits this movie is shadowy and dark and then once you get into jason's lair it it becomes a lot grimier for sure yeah totally and then musically too um i know they've got the like like fucking friday the 13th thing in there why is that the Friday the 13th thing. Why is it like a dude breathing weird? Is there a reason for that? Or does it just sound cool? I think it's just, it's supposed to be like Jason's breaths. I, I suppose. I'll take it. That's in there. And then the, the, uh, the full theme, like the, uh, 
that thing. Right. That that is from the first Friday the thirteenth movie is where it started, and that's because um uh or it actually it might be a bit later. But what it's supposed to be is that it's supposed to be Jason saying, kill, kill, mama. Uh what? <laughs> Oh, uh, what? <laughs> That's what that Are you is, fucking yeah. serious? Yeah. Why? Oh, yeah. Uh, How does he know just... about it? We'll have to get to it. Uh, yeah, some other I guess time, we I will. Guess. I don't know. But there's not much of that in this movie. I was no. surprised. It's it. It sounds. It it doesn't surprise me to know that the dude who did this music did the music for all the other Platinum Dune movies because it feels pretty interchangeable you know it's just uh yeah it's a horror movie score well where stuff ramps up when there's excitement on the screen but it doesn't have a distinct score yeah that's not a, that's not a slight on our man steve it's just like he's doing the job he was asked to do like it's not yeah. reinventing the wheel there's two things i want to address and then we can probably get closer to the end of the movie because i find in the middle there's not a ton to break down like narratively the way that the I don't know which girl it is, so I'm not going to bother trying to get the name right. The girl who goes wakeboarding. Oh, yes. Her death is fucking hilarious. Yeah, I think that was Brie. That was some sleepaway camp shit right there. Yeah. Um. For some reason, she's opted to go wakeboarding topless because, you know, horror movie. But, uh... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um. Her boyfriend gets a crossbowed off of the boat by, that was by awesome. Jason. <laughs> And, that was awesome. and then he uh oh accidentally hit the throttle and then she gets hit in the head with a boat <laughs> and uh, oh man is, i cringed oh i could feel is that. is stuck out in the water and sees jason like off in the distance who thinks maybe i'll crossbow her and then changes his mind and then she's mm-hmm. like hiding under a dock and uh, and uh something that she should have considered before getting into this situation is that life's tough get a helmet because she gets a knife straight into the top of her head. <laughs> and oh. then he pulls it up and it lifts her out of the water just enough that her chest is showing again. And it's like, come on, movie. <laughs> come on. I love it. Yeah, that was I like that scene a lot. I liked I like that. It's one of our few uh, daylight kills, which was cool. Right. Um, and I was also guessing as to how she would go because the boats come in for her. I, I thought it was going to just be the boat, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you that uh, I didn't remember how she got got this time around. So I was right there with you. Um, I thought maybe the boat would do it. Then they have a few underwater shots where like it seems like Jason might be doing his water level shit and coming <laughs> for her. Um <laughs> But, that, but then you see him on the shore, and I love that shot of him just like standing on the wooded shore, staring at her. And she's this is her first scope of this dude, and so I can <laughs> bad I can imagine, uh, uh, yeah, bad scope, dude. I can imagine the fear of just like what the fuck, this dude. He has a hockey mask. He's in. She knows he's in his final form. Yeah, it's Jason's crossbow training. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, you don't know if the crossbow thing is going to happen, and then she's under the dock, and he's walking around, so you still don't know exactly. You know, you think he's he's going to get her somehow. There's no way she's making it out of this, but the fact that it's the the machete from from down under, I <laughs> I like that one. Yeah, and uh, the other thing I really liked is that um, they attempt to force Trent to do a shoey, and I'm a big fan of shoeys. <laughs> Oh, yes. Yeah, it took me a second to realize. Yeah. Yeah, they don't call it a shoey, but that's what they are. <laughs> right, yeah. And uh, I will say, uh, 
maintaining my brand. Part of the reason I'm big into shoeies lately is because I'm I'm big into F1, and there's a driver that when he wins or gets on the podium, he does a shoey, and he's been on the podium twice in the last three races. So we've seen some shoeies from our boy Daniel Ricardo. So I'm thinking about shoeies, and uh, so to see them pop up in this movie was funny. Nice. Um, I bet he's a big Friday the Thirteenth Oh Nine fan. He might be. He got his idea, I, and I love. He's just I love Australian. That- I think they just do that there. <laughs> I love that Trent is unwilling to do the shoey. Of course he is. He's a big baby. His character of just being a huge baby, but talking a big game. Yeah, that's funny. And it also adds to the character of Chewy being the best. Like he's just a fun dude to be around. He'll do his own shoey. Yeah. Chewy fucking rules. Um, I honestly want to just talk about the way Jason gets put in the wood chipper. I don't have anything to say about the in-between. So if you have stuff to say, go for it. But I really don't. Uh, well, what do you think about the tunnels? Is, is that just, you don't give it much of a thought because this is your first Jason movie. And so that's just, I how mean, you I thought it was weird. Like Jason doesn't strike me as a character that keeps hostages. So it didn't really make any sense as to why seemingly, obviously there's some significance with like the pendant, uh, that seems to be helping her out. I just thought it was weird. I didn't think about it much. I was just like, Oh, okay, whatever. So, um, I don't know how clear this was that that pendant is a photo of his mother. And, and the point is that he's keeping her down there because she looks like his mom. Oh, it's not clear at all that oh, okay. like it's from his house. And I knew that, but it's not clear that the picture is of his mom. Oh, OK. Uh, yeah, I think that, I think they they mention it like once or something. Well, the boyfriend says it looks like her, but that's right. They don't say anything about who she also looks like. They just say it looks like. They say the picture looks like the girlfriend. Right. Not yeah. that yeah, they did. you look like Pamela Voorhees, Whitney. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess uh, maybe maybe you're supposed to think that, like, if it's Jason's, what other woman would it be? <laughs> yeah, I just like, did other than his mom. I just didn't think about it at all was okay. my solution. Got you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it it made sense to me. Um, I just figured uh, it's it's just like a bit of Jason backstory for you um, to add to this character because we're redoing the whole character. All all the sequel stuff doesn't quite matter. And I think the hostage situation has it's not. You're right. It is sort of weird for him to do. I think they've drawn it from one of the other movies. He he might have done that at some point. Um, but uh, I think it's also just more common in horror contemporary to when they released the movie yeah that's true that's totally true yeah um yeah and the 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 tunnels as a way to explain how jason gets around so quick i i think that's i think that's pretty neat Um, i mean we went to a school with tunnels i get it i can believe that yeah no it works dude uh my friends and I would play hide and seek on our at our school and those tunnels do wonders too You can do some wild stuff with those tunnels. Yeah, so like uh, I I believe that a man... I don't know why the camp would have tunnels or if he built them or something, but... I think he built them. Jason's kind of a... He's a little engineer in this movie. Maybe he made his little brother Jeff do it for him. (laughs) He sets up up these bells so that he can hear when people are around and stuff, and he's at least setting up a couple bear traps. He's he's kind of crafty. Yeah, I have a note that says an elaborate bell system with a question mark. 
Yeah. And and I like that Jason in this movie. I, I like the more human Jason. Um, you know, it ties into his physicality that he feels like an actual person in this movie. And so it kind of makes sense to me that he would. Um, I mean, kids only come up to Camp Crystal Lake, at least during the summer. We've never got a winter Friday the 13th movie. So Missed opportunity. We should like, get one of those. We should. Um, there's a fan film out right now that that has him in the snow. Um, if anyone wants to check that out, but point is, he's he's got like ten months out of the year to to work on his his plan. <laughs> people show up, so he's gonna he's gonna build some tunnels, get get some stuff going on. Yeah, totally. And so, um, the main thing I want to talk about is like, so at the ending, um, we're left with Clay and Whitney, which I thought was weird. Largely because it means that every character in the second group literally did not matter. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Which I just think is kind of, int- I'll say interesting. Um, but here's my main thing. Because I don't really care that they... I don't care if that ending is a nod. Because I know it is. It's a nod to like him jumping out of the water and getting that lady in the boat or whatever the fuck. I know that. Uh, how did that man get a wood chipper to the brain and still be able to do that? Oh, dude, I I know exactly. I mean, that's I guess that's sort of the top of his head was fine when he jumped out of the water. Yeah, I think what did he replace his fucking brain? And I know suspension of disbelief and I don't actually think they need to explain it, but it's just like then don't put his brain in a wood chipper. Right, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's. I guess that's sort of the Friday of the 13th way, is he just gets annihilated in so many different ways <laughs> and he's immortal. And yeah, for me, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense just because um, this movie is doing away with all those sequels, and so it feels more grounded in reality. And so it's fine if you're going to do a stinger at the end, but I think in that case, you should have just done a bit of a rejigging of what happens before the stinger in the kill. Yeah. So that it's sort of plausible that he could do this, that he that he's not dead yet. Um, well, and they just end up sitting on a dock and it's like, how do you get in the water from wherever the fuck they were? <laughs> like, and again, I don't want to. Oh, well, they, he, he, they dumped his body in there. Oh, they did. I just forgot about that. Yeah, you're right. No. OK, fair play. I forgot. But in any case, um, it was just dumb. I don't know. Like to go through all of that and then it's just like, whoa, it's like, okay, okay, movie, calm down. Like, yeah, it, no, I'm, I'm with you. Like it's, it's no more ridiculous than a lot of the stuff we've seen him come back from in the franchise. Totally. But because, but I feel like this movie did a pretty good job at taking various things from the franchise and and knitting them together into a, a cohesive narrative. And so the end of this movie does feel a bit lazy, um, feels a lot lazy, actually. And I, and I was I was thinking less of how did his brain heal itself <laughs> jumped out. I was thinking with the hockey mask on the lake floor, how did he put that on so quick and then jump out? If he had jumped out and he hadn't had the mask on, I would buy it a bit more. It's like (laughs) one last little bit of life in him and he went for the kill. But the fact that he's down there and he (laughs) looking for it on 
especially because we've seen at the beginning of this movie that like he can do shit without the mask on. Yeah, the mask is not so integral to his personality (laughs) that he has to wear it. Yeah, so I'm with you. The the stinger is it's silly. Yeah, and like you know, I welcome silly. Um, I like when Chewie is like, "You ever seen a crossover before?" and hits himself with a basketball. Like that's silly and it's funny. Like yeah, Chewie is Chewie is good. Justice for Chewie. Yeah, I think that that actor Aaron Yu who plays Chewie. Yeah, fun. This is a couple. Yeah, he he's he's really likable and he was in a couple uh 2000s movies like he was in a sort of rear window um bin kind of movie like a take on rear window called disturbia starring oh yeah i've heard of that 2007 yeah yeah he's in that and then i most recently saw him in a movie called friend request that just came out two years ago and he's still playing like a college age teenager (laughs) type so he's aging great good good for him man Yeah. yeah um yeah, I think, you know, in hindsight and in talking about it, there's some stuff in this movie to like. I think there's certainly some stuff that's funny. There's good ideas executed not amazingly. But in practice, like, the watching of the movie lost me so quickly that I don't think there was any coming back for me. And I do honestly think that everything in that last hour is such a blank slate that I just couldn't get into it, even if the ideas were better. So for me, it was kind of a tough watch. Yeah, fair enough, man. I'm sorry to hear that, but I totally understand where you're coming from. I'll say that, uh, yeah, I liked this when I saw it a year ago, and I like it even more now because I was able to pick out just more small things that I dig. And so, um, uh, you know, I guess uh, watching this sort of movie, it is, especially when you're dealing with such an icon like Jason, it, it's this isn't a movie that, I think immediately impresses, you know, it feels pretty standard. And so um, it's the small things that really got me really liking this movie, Uh, like Trent's uh, um, cowardly character. There's a moment where like Bree lands on the car he's in and he lets (laughs) out this wicked scream. And then you've got (laughs) to be uh, fair, worth screaming at. Yep. <laughs> and then you've got Lawrence really putting up a fight with Jason and like kind of kicking his ass for a few moments. And then, of course, he gets got that felt very uh, Halloween resurrection to me with the chef <laughs> who <laughs> right. decides to fight Michael with with kitchen knives. And uh, and then just all the bigger ideas like the, the cold open, um, having Jason be really nimble. I love that word you used. He's very nimble. He's really vicious. I like the tunnels. Um, I like a lot of the darkness near the end of the movie, and I like that we get a bit of daylight. I like the rain. I like Jared Padalecki because I like Supernatural, but his character here is very much... uh, Non-existent. yeah, he's not he's not there. It's it's like they he is he is his character from Supernatural, except without all those hours of tens and tens and hundreds of hours of character development to flesh him out. You know, he's he's a pretty boring character, but uh, I like his face, so that worked for me. And uh, yeah, this movie it, it did impress me, but I absolutely understand where you're coming from. Yeah, and um, you know, maybe I'll revisit it someday. And like more of it, I do honestly think 
had I seen this with friends or even just if we had watched it in the same place, I would have had a better time. A hundred percent. I can picture that. Uh, yes. It was definitely a bit of a victim of that too. And I mean, it's on brand. I do this a lot. I have not liked most of these, <laughs> these remakes. So Michael Bay, come on, Michael Bay. Uh, I, th- I think we'll, I think we'll find one. Eventually. There's gotta I've be got, one. Maybe my bloody I've Valentine. Got, Cause I don't know shit about that. So I was just going to say, I think February is looking bright for you. Corey. Yeah. I want to jinx it. But. Fingers crossed. But uh, yeah, I think that's uh, that's about it. That's all we got on our on our main man Jason and his little brother Jeff, who doesn't factor much into this movie. But maybe he'll get his own someday. I think that they should make a movie called Lil Jeff Voorhees, like L I L. It is kind of like the Muppet Babies. Oh my god, that would be amazing! It would totally fit too. There are so many times you get a franchise that just goes on so long that they do away with the numbers and the main <laughs> names, and they just you know jigsaw. Or uh, Rocky Balboa. So we're right. just going to get one called Lil Chip. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's like set in a school. Yeah. Um, He's finding his way. Michael Bay, call us. <laughs> we will make you this movie. But with that out of the way, that great million dollar idea that somebody should pay us for. Um, thank you all once again for listening to this episode of They Made Another One. You can find us all over the internet on Twitter at they made another, which is all one word, and on Letterbox at T M A O. You can find episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, and everything else as they made another one. You should also rate and review us there if the service lets you do that. It helps get the show on more people's radar, and we would very much appreciate that. You can reach us via email at tmaopodcast at gmail.com. With recommendations for future episodes, questions, comments, and pitches for Lil Jeff Voorhees plots. Our fantastic thumbnail art is done by Jade Dickinson. You can find on Instagram at Jade Sketches. And the soundboard clips that you heard are from Jason DeLine, who you can find on Instagram at DeLineMan. Liam, where can people find you? Find my film writing alter ego, Graham the Haunted Marshmallow, on Twitter and Letterboxd. My username is Graham the Mala. And you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Mr. Corey Price. And if you're looking for more podcasts, you can find me and friend of the show, Final Neil, doing a full rewatch of the classic fantasy television show, Mortal Kombat Conquest, under MK Podquest on Twitter and all your podcasting services. And with that out of the way, thanks again, and we'll catch you here next time for more. They made another one? (laughs) 